Hello, church and friends. This is Pastor Jay Hines. And Pastor Joe Sorgen. Welcoming you to another episode of the Open Bible Podcast. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Last Lord's Day as a church, we were looking at uh, Esther chapter 7. And in that chapter, we finally see justice come to Haman, the enemy of the Jews. Basically, starting in chapter 3, where he made this wicked plan to annihilate the Jews, uh, as the readers, as we're kind of getting enveloped in the story, we are longing for justice. We're longing for uh, Haman to his his scheme and his deceit and everything to be found out and for the Jews to be saved and for him to receive the justice and judgment that he deserves. Well, finally, that comes. And it's a reminder, the way that the, the chapter is presented, it's a reminder that when we as God's people also long for justice in this godless world, where often there is so much injustice that God is there and he is working behind the scenes again to move forward his perfect plans. And ultimately he will bring justice in one way or another. He will either bring justice through the means that he has ordained through the governing authorities and courts, or sometimes through corrective circumstances, or sometimes just through his, his own providence and that we can have uh, hope in that. But ultimately our greater hope is that one day there will be complete and final justice. Uh, we recognize that in this world, where there is often justice served, sometimes it's not. Sometimes people literally get away with murder. But ultimately, there will be perfect justice in the end, and that gives us hope. But something we wanted to talk about this morning is how should we feel about justice, particularly when we see justice served on the wicked in this world and when they are uh, justly punished and even destroyed, as Haman was. Uh, I think any of us reading the story, there's a sense of with the Jews celebrating, rejoicing mm -hmm. that this happened, uh, that justice was finally served. And yet we also recognize that scripture talks a bit about us not being vindictive, not necessarily taking pleasure in some sense in the destruction of the wicked. So, Joe, what would you say to someone who asked that question? How should I feel about Haman's destruction here? And also, how should I feel about the destruction and the judgment and uh, the the punishment of the wicked people who've committed crimes, let's say, today? Yeah, I, I, and I think that's a really great and important question to ask because like a, so many things, I think there's a balance here. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think there should be this celebration of justice. Uh, and I think the Bible speaks to that. I mean, lots of times we think of uh, the Psalms as these nice songs that are written about how much we love God and uh, how we should worship him and and how he loves us and things like that. And of course, all of those things do take place in the Psalms, but there's also this specific category of Psalms called the imprecatory Psalms. And I'm sure if, if you've read through the Psalms, you've got to those and they're, they're almost a little weird to read sometimes because it's like, maybe it's David writing and he starts writing about his enemies and then mm -hmm. about how, you know, eventually his enemies will, like their blood will be spilled and all these different things. And then he ends it off by praise God things mm -hmm. like that. So it's almost like, what, what, what does this mean? Uh, and so how do we, how do we understand something like that uh, today? Well, I think what we need to understand is uh, what we should be celebrating is that justice is served. We don't necessarily celebrate the fact that, um, that, you know, this person has, has paid or has to face this specific penalty and that that's going to hurt them and things like that. We don't celebrate other people's pain mm -hmm. or, or anything like that. What we're celebrating is that there is justice. You know, as humans, I think we have this desire 
for things to be made right. Um, when someone does something wrong, we expect there to be a right and just penalty for that wrongdoing. I think of, you know, the, the criminal system in Canada. Mm -hmm. If if someone does something wrong, if, if there is a person who is a murderer, I think all of us celebrate to an extent the fact that that murderer must spend time in prison mm -hmm. because there is justice uh, that then has been served. There is a, a cost. There is a penalty to what has been done. And so we celebrate that. Now, we don't necessarily celebrate the fact that this uh, this man who's been made in the image of God then has to, um, you know, endure this this thing and like, oh, he's going to be in pain. All these horrible things are going to happen to him yeah. in prison. We don't celebrate that, but we do celebrate the fact that there is justice. I think the similar thing is happening uh, in Esther as well, where, you know, that the Jews are celebrating. Mordecai is celebrating the fact that um, that Haman has died, mm -hmm. not because he was, you know, hung on these gallows and blood was pouring out from these huge gallows. No, that wasn't the point. The point was justice was served. Mm -hmm. And we celebrate that we serve a just God, uh, that he is he is righteous and he makes things right. And, and we have this desire. And so uh, to an extent, we should celebrate when when justice is served. I think the Bible uh, definitely shows us that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Proverbs 11.10 says, when it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices. And when the wicked perish, there are shouts of gladness. Uh, again, that's because there's justice. And also because, you know, this is talking about a city and and uh, in another place, it's talking about, you know, this groaning in the city because the wicked are prospering. Uh, but when the wicked experience justice, there's rejoicing also just because, well, our city has less wicked people mm -hmm. perpetrating violence and oppression and evil, right? Like, and that's obviously something that we would desire because that's how God created the, the world to, to operate, right? That there wouldn't be initially in, in God's good creation before the fall and that finally there won't be in the end. Uh, any of those things and so it's it's right to to long for that um but it's also just recognizing that god loves justice and hates injustice mm -hmm. and uh hates even those who in one sense commit injustice um that's something you know often people struggle with too in the psalms uh you know we know not just the psalms elsewhere too but especially in the psalms uh there's a lot of instances not only where the psalmist, like David in those precatory psalms, is rejoicing in the justice coming to his enemies. But also the attitude towards those enemies, in some sense, is pretty strong language. Mm -hmm. And for example, uh, in Psalm 11.5, it actually says that God hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. How can God hate the wicked? I thought he loves the wicked. He loves the world. And that is true. He does, right? In, in one sense. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But he also hates the wicked in the sense that he hates injustice, right? And you can't separate the acts of people from who they are. And so that aspect of the fallen human person who acts unjustly and with violence, there's a hatred of God towards not just what that person's doing, but you can't separate what that person does and who that person is, right? So in one sense, uh, God uh, takes uh, is pleased to execute justice. Mm -hmm. Towards them, and of course, that's what we see at the end in in Revelation, right? 
Uh, and it's interesting in Revelation on multiple occasions where justice is served and judgment and the wrath of God is being poured out on the wicked. What do you see in heaven? You see people rejoicing yeah. uh, at the marriage supper of the lamb, for example, right before uh, Christ returns and finally destroys Satan or, or sorry, binds Satan and, and destroys the, the beast and, and those who are following him just before that happens in Revelation uh, 19. Uh, 1 to 4, it says, After this I heard what seemed to be a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven crying out, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to God, for his judgments are true and just. For he has judged the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality and has avenged on her the blood of his servants. Once more they cried out, Hallelujah, the smoke from her goes up forever and ever. There is this praise to God because of his justice and his judgment and his wrath. Not because these were these people, you know, in heaven that the church one day that we're all going to be bloodthirsty and just like, yes, they finally got theirs, you know, but rather it's going to be justice is finally served against such wickedness. So on the one hand, it is right to mm -hmm. rejoice. But on the other hand, there is uh, there are truths in scripture directed at us as God's people and also even just truths about God and his character that also guard us against being bloodthirsty, guard us against um, not being compassionate and merciful, right? That we we need to uh, also have the heart of God in which it says, for example, uh, in Ezekiel 18, 23, as surely as I live, declares the Lord God, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. What do you think that's getting at? I mean, those two things don't contradict each other. Yeah. They go together. So the one is there's, there's joy that justice has been served. But on the other hand, there is no pleasure in the wicked being destroyed and being ultimately judged in hell. Yeah, I think there there is a separation here, again, between a little bit of, of the acts of, of the person to an extent, right? Like how a person acts, there needs to be some sort of punishment for that. Mm -hmm. uh, because that's, you know, if you if you do wrong, justice says that there's there's a penalty. But at the other side of things, you know, we we recognize these are people again, like I mentioned before, created in the image of God. And so we don't celebrate the fact that if these people die and have never, uh, you know, put their faith in Christ, that they're going to hell. We don't celebrate that. We can celebrate the fact, again, justice is served, but people, of course, God says, and, and we, we agree. We say, of course, it'd be so much better if they, if they um, had a, had a change of heart, a change of mind about mm -hmm. their sin and uh, and put their faith in Christ and, and would would go go to heaven and that doesn't mean that uh, justice isn't served mm -hmm. uh, justice of course was served by uh, by God um, at, at the cross right uh, Jesus Christ came to earth and he bore our sins taking our punishment for us and and that's effective for those who put their faith in Jesus Christ and so we see really at the cross this this um, kind of it's not actually a dilemma, but you know, for some people, it could be a dilemma mm. of the justice of God, mm -hmm. but but yet this desire for all people to know Him yeah. uh, coming together, yeah. um, and I, it's just such a beautiful picture. And when we, I think, when we better understand God's justice, His holiness, it makes the the work at the cross that mm -hmm. much more meaningful when we realize, yeah, God has this deep, deep, like ununderstandable for us desire for justice. Mm -hmm. um, but yet that justice was served by, by Christ. And, uh, 
And that's, that's an amazing thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the cross is exactly it. It's where we see the point in history where God's mercy and justice yeah. uh, meet, right? And those things are not against each other. And, and sadly, that's what often happens. People put the attributes of God as if they're somehow in competition. So which is it? Is God merciful or is God just? And it's both. God is God and he can be perfectly both. And if he couldn't be, if, if it was one at the expense of the other, what kind of a God would that be? He would not be a perfect God. We recognize that both are true. And that's why we see both in scripture. And that's why uh, being made in God's image and being conformed into the image of Christ, we also uh, find both. We, we rejoice injustice, but we also are sorrowful because these are human beings made in the image of God who have chosen to uh, commit these wicked acts and are now, because they did not choose to put their faith in Christ, now they're um, experiencing the, the final judgment for that. And uh, that also causes us sorrow. And, and I think uh, obviously the cross is where we see that most clearly, but I also think another place is in Second uh, Corinthians 6 uh, verse 10, where Paul is recounting just all of his experiences. And he just makes this comment. He says, uh, we're, we're sorrowful yet always rejoicing. Mm -hmm. Now that's not talking about justice and, and mercy, but he's talking about his own experience. But I still think that that concept is, 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 is exactly what uh, we experience, what experience here. What he's saying is in my suffering and trials and persecution, there is sorrow and that sorrow is right because I am being treated unjustly. The gospel is, facing opposition, the church is being persecuted. I'm sorrowful for that. And that's right. But I can also be joyful because through these trials, I'm growing in my faith. My faith is being refined through these trials. God is opening up new doors for the gospel through these trials. God is being glorified. So it's not either or it's both. And, and I think that's the same thing uh, here. And, and like you said, that we see, especially at the cross, we see a wicked person, let's say someone who committed a horrible crime, and uh, they, let's say they are uh, executed for that crime. There is not glee, right? Not a vengeful pleasure, but there is joy that justice has been served. How, and we praise God for it. But there's also a seriousness and even a sadness that uh, this is the fallen world we live in and that this person did not repent and that they did not put their faith in Christ and be able to be redeemed. And those two things go together. Yeah. I think, you know, just thinking of a different situation where, you know, in everyday life, this might occur. I, I think of um, parents needing to discipline mm -hmm. their children, however that mm -hmm. looks, right? Obviously, there's there's not a pleasure that uh, that yeah. you take in disciplining your kids. Uh, that, that wouldn't be right. Exactly. But yet you understand, well, they need to learn about justice and mm -hmm. justice needs to be served. There needs to be some type yeah. of consequence for this sin that they've committed, yeah. right? And so we just see that in, in so many different aspects of life. And, uh, and we mm -hmm. see this perfect example of how that plays out um, again at the cross. Yeah, exactly. You know, that whole saying like, this hurts me more than it hurts you. It's yeah. like, no, like if that's the case, then that's not really a right understanding. It's like, there is, I'm happy that I am able to show you justice mm -hmm. and show you that there are consequences, but I'm also sorrowful because I wish I didn't have to do this. Yes. I wish that we weren't living in a sinful fallen world. I wish that you were obedient. Yeah. Right. Um, so, so it goes both ways. I just want to leave with one final uh, example from, from Luke 13, which also whenever we're reading, you know, in the Bible, let's say, or seeing justice being uh, carried out in this world, we have to always remember that we are, also 
wicked in our flesh and reminded of what we deserve uh, rather than pointing fingers and, ah, they finally got theirs, you know, rather than what about me? And there's a story in Luke 13. Uh, we read, there were some present at that time who told about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered them, do you think these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you also likewise will perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And so when we see the destruction uh, of the wicked, the judgment justice being dealt on someone who, let's say, commits some kind of crime, uh, we should be thankful for that justice. But we also should look at ourselves and realize that's me, but by the grace of God. And to ask ourselves, okay, Lord, what wickedness, what sin is in my life, in my heart that I need to repent of, that I need to change my mind about and recognize that, you know what, I also uh, have sin that I need to confess before you and that I need to just praise you and thank you that another part of my life that Jesus died for, justice was served on him rather than, than me. And so just a final thought that when we read this, uh, there needs to be also that 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 self-examination and a willingness to repent of our own sin and our own wickedness always. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a big topic. And, you know, this could probably spark a lot of other conversation and study. And we'd encourage you as always to do that. We want to be not only hearers, but doers of the word. That means discussing things and figuring out how to apply it in our life. And it also means digging deeper into scripture so we can understand uh, some of these difficult uh, matters that are, that are so crucial. But uh, we hope that's helpful and hope you join us next time as well as we look at the next chapter in the book of Esther and uh, discuss some of it. Until then, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit abide with you always. So long. See ya.